Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you please respectfully sit in silence as we toll the bell 10 times in memory of James Harris, otherwise known as the legendary Ugandan giant Kamala. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the New Normal Wrestling Podcast. It's me, it's me, it's JCB, and I have some great news today. The band is back together, reunited, and it feels oh so good. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. So right now, first introducing my longtime tag team partner, the one who helped me get this show started off the ground. He is the unstoppable force, the immovable object. He is the Big Daddy Cool to my HBK. Let's give it up for Mr. DJ Matty G. DJ Matty G, glad to have you back, brother. JCB, that intro was diesel. Huh? Oh, I uh-huh. see what you did there. I uh-huh. see what you did there. Uh, I feel so good to be back. I- I'd like to apologize to my fan. <clears throat> One fan. You're fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, like like almost everybody in the Northeast, especially in New Jersey, uh, I have been dealing with. I was fortunate. I had an awful lot of power and absolutely no cable or Wi-Fi. So whereas someone in my household was losing her damn mind because she couldn't watch TV, I was finding shit to do. However, my, my wrestling expertise over the past two weeks has dwindled a bit. However, I don't know if you guys listen to each and every episode. If you do not, I implore you. Go back to last week's episode, the third man in the booth, and of course, JCB guys taking you on a tour, making it happen, making it real good. A, a couple of Matty G shout outs early, so they hooked me, they got me, it was nice, but uh, but yeah, if, if you're suffering at all, loss of power, damage to your house, no cable, no internet, we're with you, stay strong, hopefully this brings you a little bit of pleasure in your day, and uh, you know, in, in a world where we kind of take this for granted now, because it's been going on so long. I hope you guys are all being safe and your families are all doing well. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in with us. Right on, right on. Yeah, goddamn tropical storm, Isaias, ruined everything for us last week. But thank God you're back, Matt. Glad you're doing okay. But also last week and also today cannot go on without the third man, without the backbone of NNW. He's the newest member to the booth, but he's always going to be number one in your hearts. He is the lavish. He is the amazing he is the handsome, big daddy, cool, sexy. I can't use big daddy, cool for both of you guys. I'm sorry. I almost did. How about big, sexy? Let's call him big, sexy. Let's give it up for good brother, Wade Ilson. Wade, glad to be back with you once again, brother. Uh, feels good to be back, man. I am excited. I'm happy to talk with my good brothers about some wrestling. Right can't on. wait to delve in. Yeah, and I really have to work on my intros, guys. Maddie really put me to shame when you guys ran the show when uh, when I was away working on my killer tan. Uh, so I got to work on it. So uh, podcast players, as Maddie refers to you as, I'll come up with some better intros moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> but, but guys, I, I stole that from Red Man. <laughs> Popcorn. I love it. Love it. 
All right, but guys, but listen, let, let's start off on kind of a somber note. We did lose yeah. as we started the show. Uh, we, we lost another legend uh, earlier this week in the Ugandan giant Kamala. You know, I think we should take some time right now and just talk about some memories of Kamala. We all grew up uh, in wrestling in the 80s, early 90s, uh, when Kamala was at the peak of his career. Uh, and, you know, I think Kamala is a very underrated big man. You know, he is not spoken about enough. He wasn't championship material during his time, but he definitely left his mark in a lot of big moments in, in wrestling. But let's talk back to his early career, man. Uh, this guy, James Harris, also known originally as Sugar Bear Harris, Sugar yeah. Bear that that's, that should be your nickname, Maddie. I'm gonna call you Sugar Bear, Maddie. Ooh, no. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I gotta I gotta <laughs> I got Well, you know, I got another buddy that calls me Sugar Bear, but I call him. Oh, Sugar there we Bear go. Back, so. <laughs> yeah, Sugar Sugar Bear is a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was the mid South days, was it not? Sugar yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, he started off. He was in uh, down in South in South US, also wrestling in NWA as well as Sugar mm-hmm. Bear Harris. He was there for his early career, about 90, uh, late 70s to early 80s. Uh, before he made his way to CWA, Continental Wrestling Association, where he was introduced to Jerry the King Lawler and Jerry Jarrett. Uh, Talk about actually, two good guys to be introduced to. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. during that time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. Continent, with CWA, Mid-South. They were doing big things during the, ter- the Territory era, and Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler, was a big name to really help get a lot of the younger wrestlers over. Anyone who joined CWA when the King was there their debut match would be against him and he was putting over all of the new all of the new guys that would join he mm-hmm. did it for guys like bam bam bigelow uh for kamala etc but uh this was actually when kamala the gimmick of kamala the character was born when uh he met lawler actually we probably all remember the very first vignette of Kamala, the Uganda giant wearing the big tribal mask, holding the spear inside this lake with all this dry ice, all this smoke all over the all over the ground. That was in Jerry Jarrett's backyard, in case you were wondering. I actually mm. looked into this before we did the show today. And the entire gimmick was uh, the brainchild of Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, at the time, there was a the president of an island uh, called Uganda who uh, was openly spoke about how he was a cannibal. So it was a really big to do, very big in the news at the time. So they they they, uh, they they slightly based the character of Kamala off of the president of Uganda. So as we remember from the early days of Kamala, at the time he was Kimala, K-I-M-A-L-A, before he eventually changed to Kamala, K-A-M-A-L-A. Uh, his gimmick where he was from Uganda, he was a headhunter, uh, he was so, so tough. He didn't just have a manager. He needed a handler also. <laughs> so in the early days, he would have his uh, managers, either Percy Pringle, otherwise known as Paul Bearer, or Classy Freddie Blassie, which we'll get into. Freddie Blassie. When he yeah. gets into WWF. We also had a handler who wore safari gear and a mask, which he was referred to originally as Friday. Eventually, later on in WWE or WWF, it was uh, Kimchi, who was played by Steve Lombardi, also known as the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, for those of you that did not know that, uh, Brooklyn Brothers is uh, a relative of mine, by the way. I'm going to loosely talk about that on the podcast because we're not really that close. But anyway, uh, so Kamala in the early days, CWA had his debut against Jared the King Lawler, introducing this new gimmick of the Ugandan headhunter. And he really blew up from there. After that, he made his way to Mid-South Wrestling. Actually, I took some notes here. 
uh, made his way over to Mid-South Wrestling, had a stint in WCCW, mm-hmm. and then had his first run in 1984 uh, in the World Wrestling Federation in WWF. Uh, during this time, he was managed by Classy Freddie Blassie and had his handler, Friday. Uh, he definitely went through his uh, uh, some big-name opponents, B. Brian Bl- uh, Blair, Salvatore Balomo, Chief J. Strongbow, and also had his first run-in with Hulk Hogan for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Uh, he, whenever when he made his return back to WWF later on in the late in the late eighties, he then continued his feud with Hulk Hogan, which really helped put him on the map. Uh, he had a great series of matches against Hulk Hogan for the championship. Really was the pinnacle of Kamala's career. Uh, before he made his uh, second run, his, or I should say his first return to WWF, he went through various promotions, AWA. Uh, and a couple of other territories, and he would fight for Jim Crockett Promotions, where he would uh, wrestle against Magnum TA and the Great American Bash. He would uh, face, oh, he had a, a series of matches with Sergeant Slaughter in the first ever Ugandan death match, and also the first ever boot camp match. So again, talking about his early career, Kamala made his rounds through a lot of territories, a lot of different promotions, and wrestled some big, big, big names. After he made his second return to WWF, which is around the time that we uh, we started getting into wrestling, which was the uh, the early 90s. Well, later on in this, uh, in the early 90s, this is when he uh, would have his run in with guys like The Undertaker, Bret Hart, Texas Tornado, Ultimate Warrior. This is also when I was really exposed to Kamala for the first time, because this is around the time of the Survivor Series in 1992 when he was feuding with The Undertaker, and they introduced the first ever casket match. I'll never forget those, those vignettes with Paul Bear and Undertaker building the casket, and then they finally showcased the casket. It was a very thick casket, but it had painted on the cover the stars that Kamala had on his chest and the moon that he had on his stomach on the casket. So uh, you, you guys were watching wrestling too at this time. Now, during this time... You have to admit, Kamala is definitely, uh, again, underrated big man, but also an underrated heel. You know, he, he played a very, very good heel. Talk about keeping kayfabe alive also. This dude mm-hmm. was always in character inside and outside of the ring. But let's talk about uh, a historical moment of Kamala when he's facing Undertaker, and Undertaker sits up after getting beat down with the, the chops or the super kicks or the splash, and Kamala's facials, we talk about facials a lot on this show and wrestlers who have some pretty bad facials, but Kamala, <laughs> I don't know if, I'm sure the, the face paint probably helped enhance his facials, but his look on his face of shock when Undertaker sat up for the first time when he faced Kamala is is historic that image i'll never forget that image and and also just the noises that kamala will make whenever kamala was scared he would never speak he never spoke english he always made noises and 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 stuff so very very big uh during this time so around this time again we're all watching wrestling so maddie what are some uh some memories you have of kamala that that was basically it with with your with your rundown i mean in in the time frame I, I do remember the, uh, not the first, the first bout that he had early on in WWF um, was way too early for me. 
Um, the second, the second time around before his, before the 94s, I guess that was, Mm -hmm. that was, uh, gosh, late eighties. So I was six or seven at that time. Uh, and he was in the program with Hulk Hogan, um, which would either rerun or be, um, recapped on Saturday mornings. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. the show was superstars on Saturdays back in the late, late eighties. And that's when I really got into it. I was, uh, I was taking couch cushions off my parents' couch and making a ring. I had my uh, my blanket and my uh, my um, I had two of those like boardwalk stuffed animals that were huge, and uh, uh, we would wrestle every Saturday morning. And I just remember the pure size of Kamala got me because when he stood next to Hulk Hogan, he was one of the only guys in the company at that time that was looking him straight in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, then when he came back later, it was cool. That was really my first time because he was such, uh, such a recognizable guy. Mm-hmm. You know, other guys would change characters, and I was so little, I, I wouldn't know the difference. I would think it was a new person or somebody different. Um, Kamala was definitely the first time that I realized that wrestlers go away and then wrestlers come back. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I have specific match memories? Not really. Uh, I didn't get a lot of pay-per-views when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of the free recaps over the weekend. Um, you know, if I was lucky at the 7-Eleven down the street from my house, I would thumb through some wrestling magazines. But I, I got to say Kamala's probably the first time I remember somebody being there, not being there, and then coming back. Um, right. You know, and, and great matches for, for such a big, big guy. He did stuff that not a lot of other really big men in that day were doing. You know, by no means was he a luchador, but you even mentioned the splash. You know, um, this was years before we got American Vader. This was years before we got Bam Bam Bigelow. This was years before we got hyper. Uh, hyper might be a different word, but they, they were years before we got the really athletic big men. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Bruiser Brodies of the world would would literally just brood around and Mm -hmm. you know they were athletic but i think he had something different that's that's the memory i have not a specific match not a specific obviously not a specific uh um interview or or or, or promo because like you Mm -hmm. said uh the grunts and clicks but but yeah definitely the fact that he was the size he was and and the fact that wrestlers could bounce around you know if you didn't see somebody you really liked for a while you might get that chance to see them again. At that age, I wasn't aware really of any other promotion than WWF, you know, in my, in my single digits and early, early double digits. I wasn't even aware of WCW until I was about 10 or 11, I'd have to say. So that's, like I said, nothing specific, but definitely um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. Really is. I mean, you talk about him, him being agile and stuff and being a big man that can move. This guy could leapfrog over someone the size of Hulk Hogan. Like yeah. watching him just do that leapfrog, watching him do super kicks before super kicks were called super kicks. Mm-hmm. You know, like the stuff that he was doing at that time, it's like he was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Character wise, a character like that wouldn't work right now, but his in ring style would definitely work in in the wrestling that we're watching today. Yeah. Yeah. His, his, his size and his ability would definitely translate, uh, the character, not so much though, but, but that's through no fault of his own. He played a great character at the right time. Right. Again, he was a character where, where the younger fans would be scared of him. You know, again, at the time, kayfabe was still alive and well. So (laughs) yes, the Ugandan headhunter, he needed two people to, to calm him down, to keep him under control. So the stuff that he did at that early at the early ages was great, 
Wade, what are some memories you have of Kamala? Uh, not many stand out except maybe the Undertaker memory mm-hmm. and his reaction to seeing the casket for the first time and the, right. the noises, the clip. Besides the clicks, he was, you would hear him. Yes, yes, yes. And he would freak out over mm-hmm. it. Um, he had matches against a lot of upcoming talent, like, you mm-hmm. know, that's basically Hall of Famers now, Brett. Sean, mm-hmm. even when he was a face for a while, even though I don't think the face run was a great thing for him at the moment. I also remember, and this is low-key people remembering this old school faction, which doesn't get enough love as it should. He was a member of the Dungeon of Doom. Mm. Yes, he was. Yes. Yeah. That, that happened later on about at around 95. So that mm-hmm. was after his second return to WWF. But yes, go ahead and talk about your memories of, of Kamala and the Dungeon of Doom. I, I remember when he was in the Dungeon of Doom and it was basically a hate group against Hulk Hogan. It's funny how that's still against today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was, <laughs> it was a group of guys who I remember. I was like, oh, these are all old WWF people that have beef with Hulk and Ned. Mm-hmm. I guess it's still carried over. Yep. Like he would phase, like they, Kevin Sullivan and I forget the leader of the group. Oh, like, it was uh, the, the, the Grand Master. It was uh, High Chief... Uh, High Chief Peter my uh, Peter Maia. not my V. I'm sorry, no. Uh, Iakea, Prince Iakea's father. No way. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Okay, yep. well, they would send different people at Hogan all the time, and I remember yep. they sent Kamala at him, and he didn't get the job done. I just remember Kamala being that, like you said, a big man that can move, mm-hmm. and we rarely don't get that. We, I mean, we get it a lot now, but in that era, it was just something special. Yeah. Now. I also remember seeing him on Coliseum Video. That's right. Coliseum yes. Video. Oh. Going, going to Blockbuster and he Dude, would I, pop I got on, a on box of those matches. videos in my garage. Me too. Like uh, one yeah. of the ones that stood out was when Shawn Michaels had his little play and he mm-hmm. ran through like, this is a heel epic Shawn with the mullet yep. and Kamala was one of his opponents. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that match and seeing how Shawn and him had such great chemistry. Right. That is a standout match. I recommend people check out Shawn Michaels versus Kamala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite matches ever. Yeah. Another memory that I had too, because again, when I started watching wrestling in, in the, the mid eighties, uh, it was only WWF for me. Didn't know there were, there were any other promotion. Didn't even know what a territory was. And again, watch those old Coliseum videos, Survivor Series, SummerSlams, the big four they used to have at the time. And his, his uh, short feud with Jake the Snake Roberts. Again, yeah. talk about... Talk about his, his reactions and his facials. How Those scared were real. he was. Yes. Those how were real. scared he was. He was of, terrified. Yeah. He had a huge fear of snakes. And Jake the Snake Roberts really played it up during that storyline. So, excuse me. That's something else that also uh, is a, a big memory of him. Now, let's, again, look at all the people that, like I said, that have managed him. You know, per- Percy Pringle, Fre- Freddie Blassie. Also, during his second run, Harvey Whippleman became yeah. his manager when yep. Kim mm-hmm. She was his handler. And also, there was a, a short time where uh, the Wizard and Friday were his manager and handler, and the Wizard sold uh, sold Kamala over to Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji managed mm-hmm. him for a while. And then at, when Harvey Whippleman and Kim Chi were m- mishandling or treating Kamala badly, uh, Reverend Slick took over. And when Slick took over in oh, the I don't remember 90s, that at all. That you- was when... They Not tried face. to turn Kamala babyface and tried to humanize Kamala, teach Kamala how to go bowling, teach Kamala. Oh, how to, I how remember to eat a leg those of chicken. Yes. Now. Wow. Yes. 
Wow. Oh yep. man. I, I wish, I wish you guys could say, I just got goosebumps, super, right? super goosebumpy. I get, there is wow. so much in the history of Kamala, but then again, all that leads up to him and going mean, he, to WCW for a year in the mm-hmm. dungeon of doom. Again, dungeon of doom consisted of everyone that was out to kill Hulkam, uh, Hulkamania. Kevin yeah. Sullivan. I just looked that up. Huge list. Huge, Bruder, huge Brutus list. beefcake, earthquake, um, uh, Kamala, all the guys that feuded with Hogan and WWF were now in WCW. Yeah. Uh, after that, uh, Kamala kept wrestling up until about 2010. Ten, he made yeah. his rounds through USWA. He made a few sporadic appearances in WWE where he don't hey, He faced Randy Orton on an episode of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Oh, his, that's right. His final mm-hmm. match was against Umaga on a Monday Night Raw in 2006. Now, let's look at that match real quick. Umaga and, and Kamala. Mm-hmm. That's that's a dream match in a way, you know. The both of them, the size, the gimmick, like that's a match. If in Kamala's heyday, putting him in the ring against Umaga, that's a dream match right there. Yeah, you know, he had a short stint in TNA and some other independent scenes, but then uh, during the last decade or so of his life is when a lot of health issues uh, really hit him. Uh, life, life, lifelong big man. Yeah, mm-hmm. lifelong big man. He he was diabetic. He actually had to lose both of his legs. He had to have yeah. both legs amputated from his knees down. And I actually read an article today. It turns out that his death was associated with uh, the coronavirus, with COVID. You know. Oh, and I found out that he was uh, diagnosed with it on Wednesday, and then Thursday afternoon is when he passed. Wow. Ugh, of, of last yeah. week, so... It sucks, I know, because that's that's what's going on in the world. But that is what happened. Um, yeah, yeah. Life know. lifelong superstar living with that lost both legs, and then this shit comes around and takes and out. I mean, takes him out. Yeah, but by, by by no means is he normal. You know, regular through the ringer wrestler, young, but he wasn't old. Old. He's the same age as our parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Man. But um, one thing that I think. I'd be remiss if if this wasn't talked about right now is Kamala had one very big historic moment that nobody ever talks about. Mm. Everyone talks about the body slam heard around the world from WrestleMania three, when Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the giant for the first time ever quotes, quote unquote years before that, in 1983, the year that I was born, on an episode of WWF, I think, or WWF main event, Kamala faced Andre in a, in a regular match, televised Saturday morning match, and Kamala body slammed Andre the Giant with ease. Now, given Andre was probably on, on the smaller side of the time, he could probably manipulate his body a little bit more to help sell the body slam, but... Kamala is one of the many wrestlers that have body slammed Andre the Giant before Hogan ever did. (laughs) So just want to make sure I put that out there. I guarantee uh, I looked at it. You can go on YouTube and you could search Kamala versus Andre and you could watch it. He gets him up clean too. It's right in the middle of the ring. It's, you you know, Hogan was selling. Hogan was selling to make the moment the moment. He's a great performer. But yeah, Kamala picks him up like he's another wrestler. Yep. So, uh, again, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that because that's another very big historic moment in the history of Kamala. But, unfortunately, another, another legend gone too soon, uh, someone who definitely has a career that deserves to be mentioned 
in the conversation when we we're talking about the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, so I'm really hoping that they have a spot for him sooner how? than later. How, how is he how, not there? How, how not already? Could be there. How is the Godfather and Hillbilly Jim in there before Kamala? I don't know, but uh, that's a discussion for another day, I guess. Uh, is it is is it is it the is it the Vince didn't create him situation? Because I mean, Vince didn't create. Yeah, well, actually, he kind of created Godfather, but he didn't create Hillbilly Jim. Like it, it's right. just. Or is or is he trying to rewrite history? If they put him in, people are going to look up that body slam that happened before Hogan. Is yeah. is Vince is Vince erasing history with an well, omission? Well, isn't that what Vince is good at? He likes to rewrite history and pretend that history never existed. Vince you know, run for president, a la you know Chris Benoit. <laughs> but we're, that's an, again another discussion for another day. Yeah. But anyway, but thank you, Kamala. Uh, rest in peace. All of our condolences uh, and our hearts go out to uh, James Harris's family. So uh, let's move on now to some current day wrestling, guys. Matt mm-hmm. EG, I have some great news for you. Oh? Ring of Honor is back. Should I, should I get the title? You should go get your Ring of Honor, your ROH title. Uh, ROH has been out of action since uh, Gateway of Honor back on February 29th. That mm-hmm. was when the main in the main event, Roosh defeated PCO and won the Ring of Honor championship with interference, of course, by Nick Aldis, who was our current NWA heavyweight champion. <laughs> for like um, the last 12 years. Right. <laughs> uh, it, just, it just feels like an eternity for that. It really does. Uh, ROH has been playing it safe by canceling all the events up until this point, but they are looking to start filming new shows this month in the month of yep. August. So uh, I'm going to read this quick blurb from uh, Ring of Honor. With the safety and health of talents, staff, and production crew at the forefront, Ring of Honor Wrestling will return to producing new episodes of the Ring of Honor Wrestling television program this August 2020 in the home state of Maryland. Ring Mm -hmm. of Honor will adhere to a very stringent protocol as well as the regulations set in place by the Maryland State Athletic Commission. ROH will be instituting the necessary testing and safety measures in a continued effort to prevent the spread of COVID-19. There will be no fans or staff who are not essential to the production present during these events. Uh, That's just a quick little blurb out of it. But I think, first of all, great news that Ring of Honor is coming back. Ring of Honor... I think now has the opportunity to really showcase what they have or maybe even pick up some of the other free agents that have not been signed anywhere else oh. yet. And you see what I did there? Cause impact see what you did. capitalized on that. So ring of honors coming back, maybe they should be looking at who else is out there as well. But I think the hot button issue with ring of honor right now is what does ring of honor do with Marty Skrull? Now, Marty Skrull has been under investigation by ROH for the accusations from the hashtag speaking out movement. Mm-hmm. Skrull, mm-hmm. Was, uh, Skrull was one of their biggest names on the roster. Uh, Pro- also, probably, their, probably their biggest. Yeah, because of his uh, storyline with Villain Enterprises and then his crossover feud with Nick Aldis and NWA and also him being the head, the head booker uh, behind the scenes for Ring well, of he, Honor. He, he was also he was also the elite. He was a star of being the elite. You right. got to figure he's the only guy that didn't jump ship mm-hmm. and then doubled down when the new contract time came around. I don't know if they dangled the book or if that came after the fact. Mm-hmm. But but Marty was the superstar they needed 
Yeah. And then this year took a big shit. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we I don't know if you guys remember, but a few months ago, Brody King, during the pandemic and stuff, Ring of Honor was already off TV. Brody King went on record, I believe it was on his Twitter, saying that he wanted to go on a on a on a solo path, which mm-hmm. all, which almost seems like that's already the, the 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 breaking up of Villain Enterprises. So I don't know what's going to happen if they're going to make that into a storyline once they come back on TV or what. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens now with Skrull. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more reports coming out now that Ring of Honor is back in headlines and making their way back to TV. Uh, but when they do make a return, they're going to pick up where they left off and they're going to be getting right back into the pure championship tournament. Uh, Maddie, as a Ring of Honor guy, Wade, I guess you're a Ring of Honor guy as well. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited for the pure championship. Just that's my thing. <laughs> so please, please tell the fam and myself what is the pure championship? Is the pure championship a title that they have had, or is that something that they're trying? Is it a new title that they're, that they're introducing? It's a title they are reintroducing. Pure championship, and Maddie, you can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. It's a championship that was retired a while ago, and okay. some big names have had it. AJ Styles being one of them, one of the major champions to have it. The pure championship is based solely on, and correct me if I'm wrong again, the honor rules. It is okay. pure wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a solid wrestler, a technical wrestler to have have that title. And okay. I think Daniel Bryan and Nigel McInnes have also held that title as, as well. Okay. So it's a it's a, it's a technical wrestler's title. Okay, interesting. Uh, real quick, going. I want to go back to Kamala. Kamala faced Daniel Bryan once, or Bryan Danielson, for the ROH title at an NWA show. Little tidbit of information in case you were wondering. But uh, so the Pure Championship tournament, it consisted of what was it? Uh, 16, 16, mm-hmm. 16 wrestlers. Where mm-hmm. everyone is unsure right now if it's going to be the same sixteen or if they're going to be substituting or replacing some because of uh, any potential travel restrictions for any of the international stars that were going to be in the tournament. The original lineup had Doug Williams, Jonathan Gresham, Alex Shelley, Rocky Romero, Mark Haskins, Slex, Tracy Williams, Marty Skrull, Fred Yehi, Yugi, uh, Yuji Nagata, Joe Hendry, Dalton Castle, Ren Narita, Josh Woods, Tony Deppin, and Jay Lethal. So uh, I'm happy to see them coming back in. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm loving the fact that there's so many tournaments going on. Like I'll get to New Japan a little bit later, but I love tournaments in professional wrestling. I mm-hmm. know Vince doesn't like them, but I, I love, love tournaments, and I think that's a, that's a good way to reintroduce Ring of Honor uh, yeah. with them coming back to, right to TV. It, it's it's the right way to do it. You just named a lot of talents. Uh, there, there was one name in there I don't even remember. There's one name in there I, I didn't even know. Um, but also, you got to figure a guy like Joe Hendry. He's been around, but Joe Hendry's only been with ROH for for a little while before all this right. broke out. He was getting a huge push. I actually I met him in an airport in uh, March, right before right. right before the world shut down. We were uh, both at Newark International, or maybe we awesome. no, oh, we were probably in Orlando. That would make more sense. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, I, got, I got to meet him very 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 briefly because uh, mm-hmm. he was wearing an ROH shirt. So no, there you go. Um, <laughs> It's it's a good way to jump back. I, I would really like if they switch their TV format. Um, you know, anybody who's been following New Normal Wrestling since it was uh, nothing to wrestle um, knows that 
you know, Ring of Honor was my go-to wrestling platform. It was, it was everything for me. I, I liked the wrestling. The storylines were easy to follow and easy to digest. A lot of the storylines ran through multiple years. You know, you would have a guy come out and mess up a match and be like, what the hell is this about? And it's like, oh, this is from two years ago. They're paying something off that they forgot to pay off, didn't pay off. Um, somebody else got hot at the time. And then um, we mentioned this in our pre-show meeting. Um, as much as I like Quinn McKay, and I really like Quinn McKay, uh, I, I like I like her style on the show, that kind of nerdy hot chick thing. Mm-hmm. It, it fits it fits real well. Um, I like her style of interview. I like all that stuff. But to me, it seems like when they pulled her in is when they changed the format of their television show. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep this concise because, again, we've touched on this before, but they are owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, one of the most powerful media uh, companies in the country, if not the world. Get yourself a time for TV, get yourself a steady channel, and get yourself weekly television programming. Axis is a channel that most of the country doesn't have. Impact's numbers are not fantastic, but Good Brother Wade introduced me to the Twitch stream. I can keep up on Axis. I'm sorry, I can keep up on um, Impact Live each and every week. Uh, the Ring of Honor, Honor Club, was a much better platform at the time. It was a day or two after they were releasing their new TV episodes and things like that. And then it all just turned into independent show recaps and they just had the ring of honor branding on said independent shows you know they would have uh, um you know they 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 would just have a show here or have a show there and just keep replaying what seemed to me to be the same handful of matches and then just cutting back to studio vignettes and interviews um i'm, I'm terribly sorry man but There are some shark-infested waters. I know the numbers have gone down, but Dynamite, in my opinion, is consistently strong. Um, Raw and SmackDown are at least trying something different, and they are the longstanding juggernaut. All they have to do is not fail. Impact is fucking killing it for, I don't know, the last year, we'll say, and and especially the last month since their big pay-per-view with all the debuts and everything, I think if Ring of Honor stays the course that they were prior to the pandemic, they're going to close up shop. It's good wrestling. It's great wrestlers. They're owned by an actual physical TV company. Do some TV. Their live shows are great shows. All of their stars come out. They all do meet and greets. If you don't want to pay the X amount of dollars, five for this guy, 10 for that guy, 15 for the champion. If you're just walking around the venue, they'll stop and take a photo with you. They're, they're just, they're super cool people. They're great talents and they're great shows. I have never left a ring of honor sponsored or co-sponsored show without elation. They do an excellent job live. It's time to translate that into TV, baby. We are sitting home. We are starved for new media. We are starved for new content. And we've already got some rock star wrestling happening. If you come out and you play it safe, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. we talked about this too in our pre-show meeting. This is an opportunity for Ring of Honor to, no pun intended, make an impact, just like Impact Wrestling did. Yep. Uh, leading up to Slammiversary. Exactly. There are still free agents out there that were released earlier in the year and have not been signed anywhere yet. Now's the opportunity 
if Ring of Honor has issues with travel restrictions for some of their their uh, national or international wrestlers, mm-hmm. pick up some of these free agents that are known here in the states and put them in some substantial storylines. You, you know, you know what else is nice too, because you were talking about travel restrictions. Um, Maryland is right in the middle of the East Coast. Mm-hmm. If they've got people from the Northeast, if they've got people from the Ohio Valley area, if they've got people who have moved to Florida because that is an international hub with good weather and lots of wrestling, Maryland is a place people can get. It's time. It's time for Ring of Honor to make to 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 do a callback to you bones, make that impact. You know, they can they can pick up talent that hasn't worked in it's been over three months now. Yep. Um there's also other talent that are being released by other promotions, guys that aren't at the top of the card, uh, people that haven't been used very much. Even though there's still wrestling being produced, money is different, man. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. I think, I think Ring of Honor has an opportunity with their stable of talent. I mean, in my opinion, their top tier stable of talent can go toe-to-toe for the most part with – I'd say anybody except WWE. WWE is still the pinnacle. I mean, you know, I, I might not like their creative. I might not like their stories, but their wrestlers are still a number one people. Yep. You know, there, there's mm-hmm. still some very, very top guys in Impact. There's still some very, very top guys in, in AEW. But I think that there's enough of their top tier that if they start to fill in their mid card and put together, a, it doesn't even, I, Sinclair is television. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to this again. NWA they made a great product on YouTube. Wade and I spoke about this Mm -hmm. two weeks prior. You know, if you do it right, if you stick to it and if you promote it, YouTube is a viable platform. I just mentioned Twitch. I'm sure you can't, it's hard to monetize Twitch. I'm sure unless you're, you know, a a 12 year old gamer, but there are media platforms out there for you to produce an actual television show instead of a recap. Well, let me, let me interject. You talked about NWA. NWA has a working relationship with Ring of Honor. NWA currently is not producing any new content. What mm-hmm. if this is an opportunity for NWA to make a comeback as well with Ring of Honor and they do something where maybe the two rosters join, but it's like an NWA invasion and, I would and they utilize, that up. They utilize mm-hmm. the platforms that NWA is already using. I would so gobble like, that up. Yeah. So right now there's a lot of ways Ring of Honor can go. They have plenty of material to to produce with any new content they have they have to figure out what's going on with marty score right now their uh their primary focus is going to be the pure championship tournament mm-hmm. and also what's going to happen now with the ring of honor championship we just had pco lose the title to roosh at the end of february uh during that time um flip gordon earned the number one contender title shot Mm-hmm. And also, uh, for, he won a battle royal, I think. And also, uh, wrestler Shane Taylor has been very vocal about going after Roosh for the title. Or maybe do they do a three-peat and have Roosh and PCO go again uh, for a rubber match and have them face each other? There's a lot of ways they can go, A lot, of, lots of content that they could, they could pretty much finish off 2020 with a bang at this point. Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I know I've been taking up most of the time. I want to hear what Wade has to say about this. But yeah, they can they can go back to the well. PCO and Roosh, there's still meat left on that bone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I would pull the um, Flip Gordon trigger, especially if we're going to dissolve Villain Enterprises. If right. Villain Enterprises is going to dissolve or change, I think it's time to step out of that mercenary shadow and make Flip the guy he was – 
I, I don't know if you remember, Johnny. I, I'm sure Wade does. Earlier last year and later in 2018 um, was a feud between Bully Ray and Flip Gordon. And Flip Gordon. I do remember and, that. Yep. That and it huge. made Flip Gordon. Mm-hmm. He took the lashings like a man. Bully Ray came out. Bully Ray came out and Chris Jericho the situation. It was some of the best Bully Ray I've seen maybe forever, but definitely in a long time. And he put a young guy over. And then the young guy went and joined the hottest faction that was coming out of the elite leaving. And then everything sputtered out. I think right now would be a good time to revisit some older storylines to reintroduce people to the flow of Ring of Honor and build your characters back up. Agreed. Wade. I'm just excited for this tournament. The tournament is the key here. The key is the tournament. Let's talk about tournament. And I didn't touch on this before. The Pure Championship has a set of guidelines that you have to follow in the match. It is based off of pure wrestling rules. Each wrestler only gets three rope breaks to stop a submission or a pinfall. After that, anywhere. If they get pinned under the ropes, it counts. They get a 20 count. If they get if a 20 ring uh, outside the ring. And there's also no closed fist. So you can slap and chop uh, your okay. opponent. But Old you can't school. close but you can't close close fist hit them. If you do it once, it's a warning. If you do it, if you do it set uh do it again, they take away one of your rope breaks. And if you do it a third time, you're disqualified. Um a lot of talent that you're bringing, you speak about talent coming in. We have a debut in the tournament. Wheeler Yuta is making his ROH debut. I don't know if you're familiar with his independent work. That, that's actually the name that I was saying I was completely unfamiliar with. He's a very talented journeyman throughout the independent scene. So why not establish him as somebody you could put in that tournament? And some of the names have changed due to travel restrictions. Also, mm-hmm. Jonathan Gresham is a name that people tend to leave out of this conversation a lot. One of my He's favorite of- wrestling wrestlers. That's indeed, and of course, who he's married to. But that's right. another story for <laughs> I had to segue her in there some way, you know. Absolutely. It's not a show if I'm out of way, don't bring her up somehow. Um, <laughs> but again, ROH needs to start doing what they did from the beginning. Mm-hmm. When we started giving ROH the attention they deserved, what was it? who were their stars at the time? CM Punk, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. The Daniel motor, Bryan. The mo- Daniel Bryan, Nigel McGinnis, the Motor City Machine Guns mm-hmm. before they mm-hmm. were a tag team. Tyler um, Black. Tyler Black. Yeah. Um, Austin Aries. Who? Who? Austin Aries. Before he was burning but, it down. Yeah. Mm. Austin, yeah. Before he was burning it down and before he uh, believed in the shield. But. <laughs> um, <laughs> but or before he bought him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has some gimmicks. Um, but. Again, Ring of Honor, like you said, has a chance to reestablish themselves. Mm-hmm. So I would love the NWA crossover with YouTube, but now oh, it's kind of yeah. because we don't even know what the hell the NWA roster is at this moment because some of, some of them have moved on. A guy we gave a lot of attention to, like Ricky Stark, is an mm-hmm. AW and signed now. Eddie right. Kings, Eddie Kingston, AW, mm-hmm. Zicky Dice. Know who the hell he is, but yeah. he must have been a very important part of NWA. He's <laughs> gone. Nice. He's keeping under a dumpster, man. Come on. <laughs> Look at that guy. I know. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a big Twitch streamer now. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. 
also your women's division. What, what's the one thing we've clowned Ring of Honor about so much? Right. Oh, who's who's on your women of honor roster? Mm-hmm. Like, Maria Manic, I guess. Yeah. That's it. Oh, it, her, um, her boob slipped out of the show. I was at. I was well, sitting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, oh, you too. You too. <laughs> but but here's the kicker. I'll show you the picture after this. Uh, I was sitting next to Teddy Hart. <laughs> he came, he came <laughs> and took my bro's chair while he was in the bathroom, and I'm like, uh, "Hey, Teddy, have your boobs out." That's not the first time that's happened to him. Hey, cover oh, that man. up. Like, like hey, man. Dude, but again, you. To do the things WWE and, and Ring of and Impact and mm-hmm. AEW are doing, reestablish yourselves again. Hey, yeah. listen, we're starting from scratch. I don't know how. Again, we don't know how the Marty situation is going to play out. I right. hope it doesn't play out like it did on NXT, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But again, just reestablish yourselves as the as the alternative promotion that shows what we're here for and what we love and what we're discussing right now professional wrestling the the premier wrestling show ring of honor ring of honor was the best technical wrestling on tv Mm -hmm. yep and you know what you 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 mentioned it you touched on this Wade, and 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 it's, it's jumping off of johnny's point um it's not deep but I think the influx of the women that are signed with the NWA would be a big help to the women of honor roster. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you've got your Thunder Rosa. You've got, I mean, they've, they've, got, they've got an established women's division. It's not deep. Okay, you can say it. Uh, I don't want to say it because no, no. It's, it's a spoiler. It, no, it's no, a no. spoiler. Maddie, oh, you both, son of a bitch. Yeah, both, both Wade, Wade, Wade and I both know. So <laughs> yeah, you know, the, wor- the worst part is I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss dynamite. Live. I'm not going to get to see dynamite until Monday now, man. I kind of want to text you the spoiler <sighs> just to prepare. I'm going to text it to you. You just to see how you please do. Please do. Please do. Well, well, all in all, Ring of Honor is coming back, so that's going to be even more wrestling for us to hopefully I, I, be able to catch every week and for us to report on as well. I, I want to wrap that. it up by saying good yeah. luck. I good. want this to – I want Ring of Honor work. back. Yes, yes. Right now with WWE having legit competition with AEW and Impact, mm-hmm. there, there needs to be more alternatives out there, and Ring of Honor can be again. They could be that alternative like they were years ago when they first came around. Yeah. But talking about competition, Maddie. After you read Wade's text and 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 pop and pop really hard and mark out, I want you to talk about some other competition. (laughs) There it is. Yes, there it is. I'm sorry, Fable. This is a spoiler-free show, so we're not going to talk about it on air. I've been whistling about it next week, maybe. But Maddie, uh, no, let, no, two weeks, two weeks, because Dynamite isn't until oh, right, two this weeks, week. Two Dynamite weeks, right. gets pushed until Saturday the twenty second at That's six p.m. Right. Okay, unless the basketball game runs long. Gotcha. Okay, and it's so, a pre-tape too. Uh, very, mm-hmm. very, very interesting move. I understand why they did that. Right. You know, especially with the, with the basketball situation, you you get double, triple, quadruple overtime. The last thing you need is that house of people sitting there waiting to go in 105 degree weather. But mm-hmm. I agree. But yeah, yeah. I agree. But Maddie, unless you're Dame Lillard, just run, run, run through it quick. If you're yeah. Dame Lillard, the game is fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Maddie, let's get into some AEW talk real quick. Let's talk about the introduction of the new TNT championship title belt. Uh, Hate it. Give me the silver one back. Oh really? Oh really? Wow! You know what, man? I can't. I can't say I. I clowned. I clowned WWE for red leather. 
I know the old belt was red leather as well. It just didn't pop as hard as it does with the gold. It, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful belt. I, I have nothing real bad to say about it. It's not gaudy and stupid. And to be perfectly honest, the last time a belt got debuted that was gaudy and stupid, it is now the most respected title in WWE. Thank you, 24-7 champion. He got his baby back. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the TNT uh, TV title, uh, it was an excellent match. First and foremost, uh, Cody Cody is out of his mind. The pace that he's going is insane. The only week he didn't defend that is when he tagged with Matt Cardona, which we all know I, I absolutely love. Um, big, big fan. Uh, anytime Scorpio Sky steps between the ropes, I'm paying attention. Yeah. Um, to me, Scorpio Sky is a very soon-to-be uh, title holder in AEW to be perfectly honest I think running him into Cody right now is a good idea because um I personally this is gonna be really shitty to say because there's no such thing and they're still establishing the belt but I think a mid-card title is beneath Scorpio Sky he is a primetime player okay he, mm. you don't you guys disagree I think no, Scorpio no, no. Sky is no no no, 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 talent. no. I, no I, I agree totally completely. yeah I think that, I think Scorpio yeah I think Scorpio Sky is the kind of guy who's going to be in mm-hmm. the always conversation for the AEW championship mm-hmm. uh, I personally would love to see him versus Mox right now uh, I think Mox needs to hang on to the title for a little while but Scorpio Sky and Cody Rhodes were two guys who have been on the independence for a long time have been in wrestling for a long time for Scorpio sky, excuse me, not being that old. He's been doing this for a real long time and he sat directly on. You can't even say under the learning tree. He built a tree house in the learning tree of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, two people who are unanimously regarded as not only consummate professionals, but also two of the nicest, most creative and most willing to listen to other people's ideas in the whole business. I think Scorpio Sky is a groomed champion. He's got he's got the look. He looks like a wrestler to me. He can go on the microphone. It could use a little bit of polish, but you know, you hang out with Daniels and Kazarian, you're gonna pick something up. So um, you know, he and Cody had a good run in. The match was great. I think it got overshadowed a tiny bit by the presentation, which wasn't I think they needed to debut the belt the commercial break before the match because they just rolled into the match and almost matter of factly mentioned that the belt was finished. And here it is. I think they had a huge opportunity to debut that belt. Talk about how Scorpio sky is getting his first shot at our newest, most completed title. Go to break, come back, have an amazing match. Um, I, I think, I think there was a bit of a disservice. I'll never, I'll never say that that Jim Ross does anything wrong. I, I love his crazy old man, John Madden of wrestling shit he's got going on now. But I feel like there were other conversations happening during the match that reminded me of WWF. You know, the, the, the announcers don't ever put over the match or the wrestlers. They always talk about previous storylines, matches coming up next, what we're doing next week. And I think that the big news here, the debut of Mike Chioda, and the debut of the new belt weren't done beneficially mm-hmm. to the match that took place. We saw, I mean, it's hard to say because we've had such a great year, but we've also had such a different year with the thematic, uh, um, cinematic matches happening. That match, 
easily could have been in contention for one of the better matches of the year. They told a great story. They had excellent spots. There were very few, very few hiccups. And there's a lot of hiccups in AEW. They wrestle outside in Florida. Heat, humidity, exhaustion. Those guys are fighting an uphill battle. And Scorpio Sky and uh, um, Cody, Cody were just silky smooth. They were butter. It was a great match. Um, I want the silver belt, personally. I mean, they could keep the gold belt for, for the title, but uh, I'm getting myself a replica of that silver belt. Um, and we got Mike Kyoto and a new belt out of the deal. I think... I think uh, it was a it was a big W in the middle of that, or actually to, to kick off that programming. Yeah, I actually really thought Scorpio Sky was going to come out victorious and take the the win in that match and be the one to be handed the new title. I thought that could have been a good opportunity, but you know, going back to what you said, you know, in hindsight, I do agree with you, Maddie. I think a mid a mid card title is below Scorpio Sky at this point, and he needs to be in like the main event picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least in the said, hunt. Yeah, but with that being said, now now Cody's is uh, going to be facing uh, facing Brody Lee uh, next week in two weeks. I forget when the date was, but how it, Brody Lee also can be a good contender for this championship now. But or how I think or does I think Cody now's on to this title for a long time. I think now's a great time for Cody to drop this belt to Brody Lee. The Dark Order is gaining steam. Brody Lee is a, a he's a force to be reckoned with. I like the stuff that they're doing with Colt Cabana. It's a good way to keep the story going. Hey, you know, you, you're 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 not part of the Dark Order, but you're teaming with us, and now we have championship gold. And that'll give Cody a chance to get back to the elite if that's what they want to do, because there have been an awful lot of elite versus inner circle, elite versus elite versus. And there's been no Cody Rhodes in it. You know, even right. they've even been splitting up the tag champs. They've been either putting Hangman or um, Kenny Omega with the Bucks for elite matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brody is not the world's worst idea to, to drop. And, and especially because with the Dark Order, you, you could have it screwy, man. Have some shenanigans come in there. Have, have, have one of the Dark Order defend. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, distract the referee and have another Dark Order member come up from the other side. I think Cody doesn't have to lose clean, but this could be a good chance. Now, I, I understand what you're saying. If if he dropped the belt to Scorpio on night one and it was the debut of the brand new belt, that's fine. I would I would be fine with that. A couple month run for Scorpio. But I think, like I was saying, I think now's a good time to have Scorpio challenge for that belt because then it can be put to the back burner and he can go for the higher title. Mm-hmm. Right on. I honestly see the Dark Order out of this. The dark Order versus the Elite Feud. We're, we're mm-hmm. building towards, and I'm calling it now, the de-evolution of the Elite. Oh, you are reestablishing oh, now that the Dark Order, like you said, is starting to get themselves over. They're becoming an established force after we mocked them for how long when they started, when they formed? Incessantly. And now they're now with Brody, and now with the Dark Order getting themselves established with new members. And we forget Anna Jay's in that group too, so let's not leave mm-hmm. her out. Yep. You build off of the elite has to come together again, and it's the official elite because Cody was out of the inner circle feud completely. He wasn't right. even involved. It, it, and it's a running gag you've even talked about with being the elite. They asked him, are you even in the elite anymore? <laughs> you add him back. You have the mm-hmm. elite. Get back together, and I—I I honestly see it where the Dark Order goes over in this, 
and we see the elite start to crack. I, I, I completely agree with that. I think, um, I think Cody coming back, but the dark order still going is a good way to keep that storyline going where hangman kind of is wishy-washy. Is he elite? Is he not elite? Does he have his boys back or is he just a tag partner of Kenny? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you completely. I, I, you know, I, I think dropping a title to, to, to Brody Lee and then losing a feud with the Dark Order is a good way to start to dissolve that elite for either a great comeback or a shit ton of amazing individual runs. You, you and I had discussed getting the cleaner back. You know, if mm-hmm. we break up the elite and Kenny goes full heel, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I've seen. We saw. We saw in the uh, tag match later that night. Like you attacked Marco stuff for no reason. <laughs> I, I don't I don't blame him for for that. Hey, leave Marco Stunt alone. I like I Marco Stunt. I don't blame him. My niece is taller than him, but still, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, actually mo- moving along, AEW had a lot of good stuff. Um, we we talked about that for for quite some time because it deserves it. It's the newest belt and it was the debut. We think that's, you know, to rip off some other people either thumbs up or five star or whatever it might be. But, you know, if you were listening to us 2 weeks ago when when Wade and I had the stick uh, we were kind of 50-50. We were half excited and half kind of pissed off about the format for the women's tag matches. Um, I got to tell you, I think the execution is as poor as the planning. Uh, Wade, where, where do you stand? You are, you are the resident. You're the resident ladies, man. You, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you, you definitely keep us going with the women's wrestling we need to keep up with. And you actually open up a lot of doors for things that we don't know. This is a big deal. This is a new company trying to get a foothold in the entertainment business. And I think a women's tournament's a great thing. Uh, take, take the ball and run with this. Cause you and I have chatted about this a bunch. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> He's warming up the cords, everybody. Okay, well, what are some positives I'm going to take from this tournament? Let's talk about the positive before we get into the negative. Sure. We saw some amazing debuts and new additions to this tournament. We saw Rachel Ellering come into the play, which I am so excited for. I'm very happy. She is one of the most underrated women wrestlers, hands down, in the world today. We saw uh, they're calling her Little Swole, but we know her as um, I think her name is Savoy. Kozovoy, she was in. She was a uh, longest reigning Shimmer champion, mm-hmm. and she was in the May Young Classic. We saw Dasha make her in ring debut. Um, very impressive, I might add too. Very impressive, Dasha. very impressive debut. Um, we saw so much talent, and we even saw a few upsets in the first in the first mm-hmm. two matches. Why is this not being talked about? Right. Why you focus and you say you said it in the beginning when you established this company that the women were going to get the love, the women were going to get shown, the women were going to get the props. And you spoke about it. And again, we talk about our pre-show meetings all the time. You had time to fucking cover dark on your little bar, but you didn't mention the aid. No, the, no, the uh, tournament got a little bit, maybe a 10 second commercial mm-hmm. thing. These are the, these are the matches next week on YouTube. Check them out and move right along. Dunsky, not even, not even highlights. Mm-hmm. Not even that. It's a slap in the face to this thrown together tournament. I, I mean, I'm happy for whoever wins this tournament, but there needs to be a payoff behind it. I would what's love the to see. The, what's the payoff? What's will the these, payoff? will these two women eventually get title shots? Will they get signed to the roster? 
what what are you doing? See, what, that was that was my main question. You mentioned a bunch of debuts, both with talent that is currently on the roster, be it in a supporting role or not, but also outside talent. Is this a May Young situation where they're going to try to pull a bunch of eyes to the prize with women from all over? Or is this a live audition? Are we going to see a more in-depth women's roster? I'm a fan of the very upper crust of the AEW women's roster, but again, there's zero depth. I, I, I hate to bring her up every week, but as far as I'm concerned, the only the only cake is like a Penelope Ford or a Big Swole. The icing is two or three women, so you're talking about five women out of an entire division. Where you know WWE throughout all three programs, I mean, each show is what 10, 12, 15 women deep. Mm-hmm. With individual personalities, individual storylines, individual styles, catch up or move over. And and you you said it best with, you know, they 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 put that little scroll on the bottom for their dark stuff. Like, I got to tell you, I forgot to watch. I haven't watched the women's tournament because, as we discussed a few weeks ago, it is yet another independent of everything else show. I have to go and seek it out. It doesn't slap me in the face. I follow AEW. I follow AEW on TNT. I follow a bunch of the individual wrestlers. And I got to tell you, my news feed has not lit up with either results, coming attractions, or even uh, uh, mentions of this women's tournament. And this is a big deal. A lot of people are knocking the fact that, like you said, when they first started, they said women are going to be at the forefront of our programming. It's going to be a tag division. It's going to be women's wrestling. We're going to do everything that people are clamoring for. And I feel as though they've gone through the moon, through the roof, whatever whatever it's called. You know, clap your hands like a room without a roof for, for the tag division and making tag team wrestling very important. They really dropped the ball with putting the women in the forefront. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago, give them 30 minutes out of a two hour program, give them 20 minutes, give them two 10 minute time limit matches for this tournament, put them on TNT. Damn it. We've been saying this about AEW since dynamite first came to TV. They dropped the ball in the women's division from day one. You know, this whole women's tag team tournament reminds me of other things where there's no payoff. Mike Tyson uh, introducing the TNT championship and his feud with Jericho. (laughs) they, they, They have events. They have programs for the sake of having events or programs. There's no marketing. There's no advertising. There's no way to spread the word. They know how to use social media. The elite knows how to use social media. Why are they not jumping on that and utilizing that to promote? If you're going to have this tag team tournament on, on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. why are you not promoting it more on social media? Like you said, Maddie, it's not on my feed. If I, if I didn't talk to Wade every week, I, wouldn't, I, I would forget about this tag team tournament. Push it to the moon. I, I can almost give them a pass for what happened initially because they just didn't have a deep roster. Their right. talent selection was very limited. They did what they could. Well, we're almost a year into this experiment now. Everybody and their grandmother has either lost their job or not been booked on independence because they're not happening. They've had the ability and the time. Now, granted, I don't know what the talent pool is like in their immediate area, what the restrictions are with travel and coming into Daly's place and things like that. But damn it, man, you had a big opportunity here, and I feel it was a miss. Yeah. yeah definitely, a, definitely a big miss. Um, 
Anything else from AEW? Matt, yeah, yeah, a, c- a couple, a couple quick things. Since since we're kind of in a downer, um, you know, uh, AEW has released a statement, and along with the statement, they've also released uh, three wrestlers. Sadly enough, it's Stady Gibbs and B Priestley. I was high on B Priestley uh, in a big here. way. I thought her upside for the women's division was huge. I thought she was going to be a title contender. I thought she was going to be in a situation where she could put over other people to make them legitimate or carry the strap herself. Um, and most notably is probably Jimmy Havoc. He he dominated uh, Dark. He had a lot of matches on Dynamite. Um, towards the end of the run, he was tagging with Kip Sabian, and they were they were really getting a good thing going. Um, you know, Kip Sabian was doing his singles thing, and Jimmy Havoc was doing his singles thing, and they both they both got a good rub on Dark. But I think the the formation of that tag team. Uh, was really going to put them into the mainstream spotlight with with a company that's that's really looking forward to a strong tag division. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, I don't have any information on the B Priestley or the Sadie Gibbs other than they've been released. But I have to uh, believe that the Jimmy Havoc situation with the speaking out movement is the uh, catalyst for their parting of ways. So uh, not to bring us even further down after, you know, we talked about them dropping the ball with the ladies, but uh, due to circumstances, uh, Jimmy Havoc, B. Priestley, and Sadie Gibbs are no longer on the AEW roster. Uh, I do have two bright spots to touch on, though. Um, we were just talking about tag team wrestling, and if you want to hot shot a feud, if you want to strap a rocket to someone's back, if you want to get heat, thermonuclear heat, if you want to just be the biggest asshole around, then plant a 7,000-year-old legend on his head. FTR took the Rock and Roll Express to the fucking woodshed this week. We had um, a very interesting promo that was cut by the Young Bucks. Uh, Two of the four horsemen, FTR and the Rock and Roll Express. Um, My two favorite parts all together were obviously the, the the planting of the Rock and Roll Express. If you guys have been following the early days of AEW or, of course, any time uh, for the NWA since their uh, YouTube broadcast, they're still doing it. Uh, um, you know, R- Ricky's taking bumps like he's like still 30 years old. Um, uh, right off the bat, it was just a weird thing. I just felt like there was an awful lot of stroke. I didn't know that there was going to be any payoff. And then Tully Blanchard got the mic and just blew the shit up. Uh, screw you guys. If you think you're the best, where are your belts? You guys want to call yourself the best. You have no titles. You just got here. You know, if you're going to be the best in the world, have the title. And then all hell broke loose. And FTR's facade of being faces has been blown out of the water. They are pure heels. They are bad dudes. They beat up old people. They probably kick dogs. Um, I don't know that for sure. Don't quote me. But I mean, if you want to get thermonuclear heat on a new team that you've been portraying as faces, they did it in like a six minute segment. What what were your thoughts on that, guys? I thought it was fantastic. You know what? Like I said, uh, and Kate, you know, usually they break glass for certain things. Uh, Attacking the Rock and Roll Express breaks glass. So. If you want to get a few with the Young Bucks, that's how you do it. And honestly, I was waiting for the for FTR to finally come out and show that they're heels. That's what they do. And I love old school booking. I'm going to take out people that you respect to get your attention. 
mentioned, and they kept dwelling on it before. When they debuted and spoke about all the tag teams within the division, they basically said the Young Bucks aren't a tag team. They're slapping the tag team division's face. Mm-hmm. They, they, we, I don't, we don't respect them. We'd rather punch them in the face than tag with them. You're telling a long-term story. My, and, and I think the payoff, the payoff is going to be all out. I can't wait to see how this plays out and leading up to their feud. And hopefully the Bucks will go to take the loss. They don't really need to win here. I, I think it's going to be a long-term series of matches between them. And this is a feud that doesn't need the titles right away. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It's got to it's gotta keep going. Johnny, you got, you got something yeah. on this? I feel like they don't have to put the Bucks and FTR in the ring together yet. I think you can still write this story even longer. Uh, I, I don't want to see FTR and Bucks just yet. I feel like it's still, to me, it's still too soon. I would like to see FTR really solidify themselves as a dominant tag team, which they already are. I want to see <laughs> more of that. Uh, and I would like to see them maybe go for another, maybe next year's all out, then have them finally face each other in, in a tag match. You know, face are you talking, are you talking a no touch situation? Or are you talking just not a two on two? I'm talking a no touch situation where it's like, hey, I'll help okay. you out. You help us out. But when the time is right, we're coming for you. And maybe, and at that point, then put the titles in line. Then the story could use a little more substance. Right now, everyone knows there's, oh. a, there's mm. a feud between the two teams. Don't touch. Be, be friendly to each other. Be civil to each other on TV for the next year. Uh. But then have have someone grab the titles and then have them face each other. And next year is all out. I, I, I think I want to see. Well, here's my thing. I would like to see if you guys know where I stand when it comes to tag team wrestling as a whole. I want to see FTR <laughs> solidify what the tag division is, what that means in wrestling and what it's supposed to be. If okay. they have the, their set of rules in their contract. Make that the fucking staple in the tag division so that way I could be more excited to watch these tag matches, not watch a Bedlam or a Texas Tornado match every single week. Uh, I think I think Civil went right out the window uh, with this promo. I, I don't think there's any more friendly. I don't think there's any more civil. Okay. I don't I don't see any more eight man tags or anything like that. That's what I was saying. Like the, the no touch at all. I can understand, but I could see, you know, six man tags and things like that. There's ways you can do that where you could still have them face each other in eight man tags, but never have FTR or Bucks in the ring at the same time. Only if it's FTR rules, Bucks matches, everyone's in the ring. (laughs) There's definitely ways around it. It would be difficult booking, but for the smart people that want to take the time to write the story, they can make that happen. I like it. I, uh, I got one more quick point about AEW. Um, we've been talking about this since the inception of AEW. Uh, it's Chris Jericho. Um, Chris Jericho has become uh, a noun for me. You know, uh, I said before, I said before, Bully Ray Jericho did up. Uh, Chris Jericho put over Orange Cassidy in a $7,000 revenge match that has been built for weeks. Mm-hmm. The storyline has been not just good, but Jericho good. They kept dyeing the jacket more and more orange to the point to the point where my wife was giggling this week at how <laughs> orange it was. Um, you know, the $7,000 for the jacket, which is just I, I love I love that Jericho just shoots from the hip and something becomes so strong. I think that's why I don't mind it as much as you do. 
but I'm not a huge fan of the demo God because that feels scripted and rehearsed. Mm -hmm. I feel like he did that himself for that reason. Um, but Jericho put on a clinic of, of selling and feeding and selling and feeding and selling and feeding. And just when I thought he was going to kick out, he put orange Cassidy over it was kind of an ugly pin. It looked a little bit like a miss. I've never heard of a mouse trap. They kept calling it a mouse trap. I, I think I think somebody on the announce team knew that that was going to be the final spot, and Taz covered it well. Um, but Chris Jericho not only gave the rub to, but then put over a guy who he out of his own mouth said, "Why are we hiring this guy? Don't bring this guy in." then got to meet Orange Cassidy, see what was going on, and apparently bought into the situation because on his own podcast, he said he didn't get it. It's not wrestling, hands in pockets. It's not... Da, 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 da. And then one of... Jer I mean, Jericho's got, what, a handful of losses? He lost the title in a singles match, and I think that was his only singles loss was losing the title. Mm -hmm. I think as a singles competitor, he was undefeated except for the title loss, and he put over... Orange Cassidy in the dead no, not dead center, but in the middle of the ring on live TV. Um, I, Jericho so far has my vote for wrestler of the year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the the half thumbs up. No, uh, thumbs I agree, up. man. And you know, Orange Cassidy got over on his own. He was over <laughs> already on the independent scene. He made himself known in AEW. Jericho helped him get over a little bit more. But now he went over in this match, and that was the right ending. The, the ending of that match was the way it had to go. There was no way that Jericho was going to take the win in that match. Cassidy had to go over. He got over. Now it's time for him to go over and get a big win over someone like the GOAT, Chris Jericho. You've established a rubber match. You have a rubber match situation now. They both yep. have victories over each other. And I just want to see how this goes now where – and you're, and you're intertwining again. Now you have the situation where it's the inner circle versus the best friends and Orange Cassidy because PMP and the best <gasps> friends have a, have a feud going on. Okay, so, so now we've got Proud and Powerful and the best friends. We've got Jericho and Cassidy. But then there are some other people in the inner circle, right? What yeah. if this is when we bring back Tyson? Ooh, mm. fine. If there's going to be a friggin' payoff this time, mm -hmm. and uh, just just a what if, just a what if, just got. You know. We're not going to talk about Tyson, but only bring back Tyson if ESPN's going to report about it, if TMZ's going to report about it. There was no fucking marketing or advertising about Tyson being on AEW television. If you're going to bring him back, do it right. For a group of guys that basically got a, a pay per view sold out with no matches. Uh, um, no, no matches. Um, no, no, there was no card. There was, it was only, yeah, there, there was no card. No they, card they hadn't yet. announced any matches. They yeah. got, they got their own wrestling promotion built on their social media. Mm -hmm. They've dropped the fucking ball. They had Tyson. Nobody talked about it. They have a women's division on the internet. No one's talking about it. Yep. These guys are internet geniuses. I don't know if you guys are BTE fans or not. I talk about it every single week. Being the Elite, in my opinion, is one of the top five television shows. Not internet shows, television shows going right now. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of comedy. There's threads that go through. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to get it. If you are, it's even funnier. These guys know how to work the internet. They know how to get themselves over. They know right. how to sell their merch. Sell your fucking programs. 
Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Now that's really know, it for me on AEW. Yeah. Sorry, I went so long. No, no, no. Please don't don't be sorry at all. But it was, now, it was a big know, week. You know who is doing it right and who is getting all their people over and is telling great stories? That's Ooh. Impact Wrestling. Ooh. We've been Ooh. talking about that since before Slammiversary. You know, Impact Wrestling and is yes. doing it right. Watching it again this week, I enjoyed watching Impact for the two hours every Tuesday night. It's a great show every week. Uh, Wade, I'm going to pass over to you, man. We're getting ready now for uh, night one of Emergence, which is a two-night event from Impact. They already have the card. I'm going to run down the card real quick, and the way you can take it away. Night one's going to have Motor City Machine Guns facing the North for the, with the Impact tag titles on the line in a rematch from Slammiversary. We're going to finally see the Good Brothers get their hands on Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. We're going to see a triple threat match with the X Division title, Chris Bay versus TJP versus Rohit Raju. Uh, it's X Division. It's going to be a great match. Uh, we have the TNA world title, which is Moose versus Trey Miguel, even though Moose thought he was given the invitation to suicide, which was a great segment. Uh, we're going to have Kylie Ray versus Taya Valkyrie in a Wrestle House match, which I love Wrestle House. It is so entertaining and so much fun. Um, Missed it two weeks in a row. And also, uh, I think this is a good spot for Kylie Ray to face Taya Valkyrie again. Kylie Ray, we'll get to this. Kylie Ray has to go over in this match, though, but we'll get to that later. And also, Eddie Edwards will defend the Impact title against someone because he is having the open challenge and defending it every single week. So, Wade, please take it away, brother. Let's talk about emergence. Um. Again, Impact is doing all the things right in every single part of the aspect. The women's division is great and covered. You're building, you're intertwining feuds. The North and Motor City Machine Guns is the match I am most looking forward to on Emergence One. Oh yeah. Um, you've even you're even using your stables properly. Let's break down the rascals are doing things. It's not just Trey that's doing stuff. You have. Desmond and um, Zachary doing stuff. Mm -hmm. You have established talent now, and I'm so excited to see what they're doing. You little did we mention the X Division. Chris Bay is busting his ass out there with what he has, and I, yeah. I I'm loving him as champ. Um, but one of the, but we're not night one is great. Night two is going to be even better. We only have one match announced right. for that. And well, what's and, that match that, that's making you think it's better, Wade? And, and the <laughs> match that's making me think it's better, Maddie, since you want to ask, is <laughs> the first ever, that's right, in Impact Wrestling history, the first ever 30-minute Iron Man match or Iron Woman match, depending on how you want to call it, Deanna Parazzo versus Jordan Grace for the Knockouts title. Mm -hmm. And again, Covering that story has one of the best stories going for it. Mm -hmm. You had you have Deanna basically as the champion saying, listen, she's a joke. I, I came in and said I was going to do. She's not much of a champion. All she does is flex. And I'm going to show you that this champion has class and dignity. You know who Deanna reminds me of? If you want to take it back old school a little bit, let's mix it up a little bit. Her gimmick right now She's female Nick Bockwinkle or female Chris Jericho when she, when he wore the suit. Mm. Okay. I'm the best wrestler in this division. I'm the class and head of the division, and nobody's better than me. 
and I'm going to bring this division the class it deserves. Mm-hmm. And then you have intertwining people within that storyline. Kimberly low-key has played a very huge part in this storyline. People are not paying mm-hmm. attention to her. Mm-hmm. The yeah. past couple weeks, she's been she not only feuded with the champion, she's and she's feuding with the number one contender now. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say it. Jordan Grace and Kimberly low key is one of my favorite matches to watch now because every single time they do something better than they did the last time. Yep. And, and they faced each other the week before Slammiversary when Jordan Grace still had the title. And now they faced again when Jordan is the number one contender. So, uh, again, I totally agree with you. But I want to go back to what I was saying about the Kylie Ray Taya Valkyrie match. That's the reason why Kylie Ray needs to go over because Kylie Ray is the number one contender. We cannot forget about Kylie Ray. She she is the underdog in this, you know, uh, more so with her character style, you know, uh, definitely the underdog, underdog. She won the gauntlet battle royal match at Slammiversary. <laughs> by, that, that, that clusterfuck of a match. But she she won the match by pinning. Right, she pinned or submitted Taya Valkyrie. I forget how pinned. that match ended. Pinned, pinned Canadian Taya Destroyer into a float over. That's right. So, again, that ended up being a one-on-one uh, little setup at the end of that match. But Kylie got the win, and she's the number one contender. Now that she's facing Taya in a legit singles match, regardless of it being Wrestle House or whatever, she needs to go over in this match. It's only going to make her look good. Because even though Wrestle House is the reality show and kind of a joke and the comedy aspect of, of this of the the weekly uh, impact television, Kylie cannot afford any losses at this point while she leads into her match eventually with Deanna Perazzo. Uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, y- yes, for what's going on right now and considering that she has the number one contendership, a loss would be devastating because then that would just open the door for a Taya Valkyrie to come in and do this. Plus, Taya Valkyrie, as far as the women's division is concerned really wins and losses don't matter to her anymore. She is so established. She is so dominant. She is so big. Also, I don't necessarily know if the title is as important to her as it once was. She gets good TV time. She has great matches. Um, I think a Jordan Grace needed the title for a little bit. She's dominant. The strap is good on her. I think the storyline with Deanna coming in and immediately removing said title is a great thing. Uh, I think throwing Kylie Ray into that mix is going to move her up another level, especially because most people that don't follow Impact know Kylie is like a one and done from AEW. Or right. she she was May Young one. Kylie Ray, no, I don't think no, no she okay. wasn't in the May Young. It wasn't in okay. May Young. Yeah, okay. Um, I I just yeah I I I agree with you somewhat. I don't think. I think her character is so positive and so bubbly that a loss on a cinematic match, I don't think would be devastating as if they were in the impact zone. If they were on TV between the ropes, no one around regular access television, taking a loss would be kind of a bad thing. I think if Taya sneaks one in, in this, it's not that detrimental, but I see both sides of what you're saying. Yeah. I think it depends on how they portray this match. Yes. It's a cinematic comedy aspect of the show but because it's against Taya Valkyrie the person that she pinned to get the number one contendership that's why I feel like regardless of being Wrestle House or not and not in the impact zone she needs to get the win and this is also Kylie's first singles match since Slammiversary Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm looking at a big picture because uh, what's going to happen after night two of emergence, Jordan Grace and Deanna, you would assume they're going to go their separate ways and Jordan's going to work her way back up to the title picture or maybe find herself in a, in a female tag team or maybe continue a few with Kimberly or something like that. You know, there's a lot of other options Jordan Grace can go as well. This is, this is impact. Jordan could start beating up some of the boys, baby. That's right. Oh, my dream. That's right. Yes. I would like, love to like, go like after to see the Jordan Impact take World out Seven. Moose and win that TNA World Championship. Oh, 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 oh dude. Oh. <laughs> Rip my shirt. Fuck it. I like this shirt. I almost ripped it. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, you Don't can't rip that. Batman. No. I can't rip the Batman shirt. No. Don't do that to me. Oh, man. Yes. Wait. <laughs> okay, so that that's that's fantasy booking at its finest. Yeah. But I mean, Jordan being her height, which is short for a, a, an average woman to begin with, and Moose being his size, maybe that would be a little far fetched. But you got to figure. I mean, even Jordan versus Eddie Edwards to me seems like a plausible size for size match. I hate to be mm-hmm. a sizist. I understand that Brian Danielson and AJ Styles and things like that. I also understand that, you know, when you have a Brian Cage and, and a Tessa Blanchard, it's a different situation. But I could definitely see Jordan giving the middle finger to the women's division because of the tie of Valkyries and the smiley Kylie and all that other shit, mm-hmm. that bubblegum shit, and just going in. I mean, you're, you're telling me, I'll bet you she could win a handicap match against the Rascals. I yeah. love them. That would yeah. so be true. Now, now here's <laughs> the thing. They, they they tried to do something different, historic, and monumental with women's wrestlers with Tessa Blanchard at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. It ended up falling to the wayside for a number of different reasons. Okay. Uh, so hey, no, no, no pandemic, no problem. You got you gotta believe that. You, mm-hmm. Right. You have you have to give Tessa some credit. Maybe, maybe it could have gone somewhere uh mm-hmm. that it that would have had that it could have gone big if if there was no pandemic. Yep. But they don't have Tessa anymore. Nope. Tessa ended up being very unprofessional during the whole thing, and she made her bed, and she has to now sleep in it too. Mm-hmm. But now, is Impact just going to forget that that ever happened? Are they going to capitalize on that and put someone else that's deserving in that position? Someone like a Jordan Grace. You know, if Eddie Edwards is going to have an open challenge for his title against anyone, mm-hmm. he never said only male superstars. Nope. So have Jordan come out and face Eddie Edwards in an intergender match. And, and lay a fucking whipping on Let him keep yeah. the title, but lay a whipping on him. Establish mm-hmm. that, you know, a dominant female can challenge anywhere she wants to. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's go on to that the tag match with the Good Brothers and uh, Ace Austin and Man Fulton. Wade, this has been a great storyline they've been, they've been telling since Slammiversary. Now... You have to assume Good Brothers are going to go over in their first pay-per-view match. But where do they go from here? Straight to the tag titles. Right right Boom. to the top. Boom. Right I to the top. <laughs> right to the top. Because they're the Good Brothers and mm-hmm. they are key in what Impact is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of them during their WWE run. Their <laughs> New Japan run. Their New Japan run was spectacular. Mm-hmm. And, made, and I loved it. It's time for us to realize that the Good Brothers are in the mention of one of the best tag teams in the world. And why not establish that by having them take the tag titles off of either the North or MCMG? You have so many. You have 
Oh my gosh, you have a tag team division that you're actually using. Let's talk about that. They're, do- they're doing what WWE has a problem doing, and you're using your tag teams wisely. And they're actual tag teams, not yeah. team ups. Yeah, not team ups. Wait, wait, let's not forget that the North wasn't a tag team all that long ago. But they're when they're taking talent and putting them together as a tag team, they're not just giving them a title run as two singles guys with tag belts. Shinsuke they are if, if they're going to a step. See, meanwhile, if you go back, I totally bought in after a little while to the bar because right. I didn't view it as two singles guys. They're going to put the straps on for no other reason mm-hmm. than to split them up later. Because they establish themselves as a legitimate team. And and that's what that is what impact has. Mm-hmm. And impact also has a shit ton of talent. You mentioned it before. Trey's going for all the, 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 the title opportunities and everything's great. They're a th- six-man tag to start with. So you've mm-hmm. got, you know, Trey might be going for for the the the, the TNA title. Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> this needs to end. But you know, you 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 still got two thirds of the team as a real tag team. This is a deeper division than most people remember. Right, right, right. Agreed. Uh, I absolutely love what they're doing with the tag tag titles, uh, tag division in general. And I think Wade, you're right. Good Brothers can only go one place, and that's up, and that's going to go straight for, straight for the tag team gold. Now, and I'd I'd like to see them either break or come close, and then lose um, the title run that the North had. Mm, if you're going to put the belts on the good brothers, leave them on for a year, have other teams come in, have them have a tag team spearhead your whole company. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay them whatever. I don't know what they're getting paid, but I'm willing to bet it's enough money to not go to AEW. Right. Um, up at the, uh, no, let's not forget. There's been little mentions on Twitter. I don't know if you guys have seen a little interaction. Oh yeah. Between the North and FTR. And saying, let's oh. try to make a deal oh. and get the FTR versus the North. Doesn't matter where you do it. Could be AW, could be Impact. They want to have that match. I've got to tell you, oh, shit, if AEW and Impact come up with a, even, even just the tag division trading grounds, that will be more exciting to me than NWAROH. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That that's big. The, that's big. The Rascals versus I'm just thinking of Rascals versus the Young Bucks. The Lucha Bros versus North. The, Again. The fantasy matches you 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 oh. get out of that is is, ter- is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I right, let's go back to something else that Maddie had mentioned, you know, the uh the prestigious TNA World Heavyweight Championship Moose versus Trey. But let's just take Trey out of the equation. I love what EC3 is doing. I mm. loved his promo, mm. how he appeared on the wall uh, and just Stalker. And, and spooked Moose. I like what he says. We we talked about what where he can go with this, uh, but he his goal is not just to destroy Moose, but to destroy the TNA Championship, and that I think right there is big. So I want to see how that's going to play out in Emergence, if it's going to play out at all during Emergence Night One. It, it's yeah. gonna. I feel it's gonna because EC3 hasn't even shown up yet, and he caused an impact. No pun 
Pun well intended. We, yeah, yeah, we're we're intending these puns now. Yeah, yeah. We're well, totally well, intending these he, puns. He did once, don't forget. It was the the Tuesday after Slammiversary. He did show up and he took out Moose in the rings. That was in the, the ring. Time actually in the ring. In the impact, physically in the impact zone. Well, I mean, establishing himself as a talent, you know, going in there and wrestling. And wrestling. Hasn't right. wrestled yet. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, you know what, it's going to be a pair. Maybe he costs Moose the title. Because let's be clear, the Rascals are great, but they don't take anything seriously. Well, Trey started taking things seriously with right. this Ace Austin. But other than that, maybe he costs him the title. What if Trey, oh, I'm sorry, not Trey. What if EC3 costs Trey the match? Because he wants to take the title off of Moose, and then he has his first one-on-one match against Trey at Emergence Night Two. Mm. You, you know, let, let's not forget. I mean, Bound for Glory is right around the corner. We're talking October. Mm-hmm. You know, um, maybe they're hoping that some restrictions get lifted. You know, may, maybe maybe there's some things coming. So this could just be another match for Moose because uh, does it. Is anybody think Trey Miguel is coming out of this with the title? No, not at no, all. Not, no, not at all. Let right. Moose do this. Let's get another five, six, seven weeks of EC3 cutting vignettes or sneak attacking in the ring. And then at your biggest pay-per-view of the year, debut a guy who is a fucking psychotic killer and mm-hmm. tears down a guy who has been just running roughshod over. I mean, he's given title opportunities to people that he thinks he can mow down. I don't feel like he's challenged anybody yet who's a legitimate challenge. Right. I think I think Moose is going after, you know, picking on Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's like 75 years old, man. What are you doing? <laughs> we, we all want uh, – I definitely want to see Tommy whip his ass and tear up that belt. But, you know, we're, we're talking about two short months, two and a half months. I think it's, I think it's almost around Halloween is bound mm-hmm. for glory. Yep. Um, right. Let, let it run out. Let it run out. Have, have a big – Big splash. You saw what happened with the debut of the Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know what happened with the debut of, of, of Deanna Perazzo. Let's, let's make another big splash debut, man. Let's get those numbers up. More the shine long- is still on the penny for all the other debuts, too. You know? right. why, 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 tarnish, why tarnish a high rise in viewership and in content just to debut somebody else next week? Long-term storytelling. Mm-hmm. What a concept. Forgotten, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Impact. Yep. Yes. Forgotten thank you, by, Impact. By some, but used by most. So yeah, Hashtag thank you, Impact. Thank you, Impact. Yep. Thank you, Impact. Awesome. So, you know, Impact, great wrestling, great TV to watch every week. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to Emergence Night 1. I can't wait to see the card for Night 2. Uh, let's hop on, on the boat and let's head overseas and let's talk about some quick New Japan news. You know, we're talking about tournaments a lot is uh, been the uh, the name of the game for today's episode, but New Japan has released the schedule for the G1 Climax 30 tournament. New Japan Pro Wrestling announced the schedule uh, this past week during the Summer Struggle event. Uh, this is going to be a month-long tournament starting September 19th and making its way through October 18th. Uh, G1 Climax is the biggest tournament of the year annually that uh, – that New Japan, New Japan runs. The winner of the tournament always faces the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Um, this year, it does, actually doesn't say if they're changing that this year. It looks like it's still going to be for the champion, which in this case is Evil, who's holding both 
the heavyweight championship and the intercontinental championship. So not too sure what the uh, results going to be of, I'm sorry, the outcome is going to be of the winner with the winner of this, of this tournament. That's going to be coming up in September 19th for the first round of the tournament mm-hmm. in other new Japan news. They also revealed the first round matches for another tournament, the 2020 King of Pro Wrestling Tournament, KOPW Tournament. Uh, the way that's going to run is on August 26th and August 27th. They have uh, two cards announced, which will be found on New Japan World uh, during their summer struggle event. On the 26th, the first four round, uh, first, I'm sorry, the first four first round matches are going to take place. You're going to have Kazuchika Okada taking on Yujiro Takahashi. You're going to have Satoshi Kojima taking on El Desperado, Toru Yano taking on Bushi, and Sho taking on Tsunada. So that's going to be the start of the King of Pro Wrestling Tournament. Uh, also, in New Japan News, they recently have just crowned a new never six-man tag team champions, which is Yoshihashi, Hiroku Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. Those titles went vacant after Evil uh, went over to the Bullet Club because Evil, uh, I don't have that in front of me, of course, uh, terrible podcasting on my end, uh, but e- Evil and two other New Japan super, uh, wrestlers were the six-man tag t- titles, but they dropped the titles and vacated them after Evil defected and went over to the Bullet Club. So Yoshihashi, Goto, and Ishii defeated Kazuchika Okada, Toru Yanu, and Sho in the finals of yet another tournament to crown the new six-man tag champions. Uh, also, on the USA side, the New Japan Cup USA semifinals are happening at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning, because you're listening to this on a late Friday night. Again, apologies uh, to all of the NNW fans for getting this out late, but life uh, has been a thing this week, but we are getting it out to you still on this, Friday. This month, brother. This month, month. <laughs> has been a lot of that. But uh, the semifinals right now consisting of Kenta and taking on Jeff Cobb and David Finley taking on Tama Tonga. Not going to report too much on that because, again, that's happening probably a few hours after you listen to this episode. But the no, winner- we, sh- we shouldn't report because those are going to be real soft, kind of kind of pussy matches, right? Like they're just oh, yeah, going to be tapping yeah, but, each other and stuff. Yeah, this those four guys are going to a couple kicks and punches, shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah. But the finals are going to take place on August twenty first, and the winner of this <clears throat> tournament once again will face the IWGP United States Champion John Moxley at a later date. So a lot of big things are happening over in New Japan. I am getting ready to pull the trigger this week and just get New Japan World so I can watch these things. Not at 3 a.m. in the morning, but probably at a later <laughs> later time during the day. But definitely want to keep up and actually watch some of these matches. So let's move <laughs> I'm, over now. I'm ready to pull the trigger and steal your login information. And just <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't talk about that on, 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 on air. Yeah, don't no, no. Not about that conversation. No, no. You have your own uh, I'll text you after the show. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's move on back overseas now, over to the states, and let's talk about the hottest party of the summer. WWE is getting ready for SummerSlam, which the big news heading into SummerSlam right now is that they're going to be uh, holding SummerSlam still in Florida. But not at the Performance Center. They're moving over to the Orlando's Amway Center. So it's just going to be a change of scenery, which I'm okay with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still no word about any kind of live audience. Something we didn't mention, AEW did have a live audience. 
yeah. uh, at mm-hmm. Dynamite this past week. <clears throat> sure I did. think AEW is going to always shine a little bit more with the COVID era of wrestling because they are performing in an outdoor arena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE mm-hmm. is still indoors if they're in the performance center. So I do think having the Orlando Zamwison will be a nice change of scenery, a much bigger venue to work with uh, to really showcase a big event like SummerSlam. The card is already coming underway. Uh, I'm not going to give a whole prediction show right now and run down the SummerSlam card. Unless you guys want me to, I can pull it up right now. I, I got I got the first seven matches here if you want to do it quick. If not, we can yeah. always do it next Go week. Go ahead, Matty. Let's, uh, let's we have the street the card real quick. We have the Street Profits uh, versus Andrade and Angel Garza, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, Apollo Crews and MVP, Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins, uh, Sasha and Asuka, Bailey and the winner of the Triple Brand Battle Royal. That's happening tonight as we record. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Braun Strowman versus The Fiend. That's, that's what's announced so far as of now, as of Wikipedia. Um, I have not looked more recently. Uh, usually on Friday, they announce a lot of shit because mm-hmm. it gets you to tune into SmackDown. But, um, but that's what we have right now. So we know that the Raw Tag Team Championships are up. The WWE Championship is up. The United States Championship is up. The Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, and the Universal as of now. Mm-hmm. So the only title that we're missing is the SmackDown um, tag champion, the Intercontinental, and the U.S. as of right now. But those are things that can be feeders later to get you to tune in. Again, SummerSlam is Sunday the 23rd. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're just over a week away from that. Yeah, so next week we'll definitely do, we'll do a f- bigger rundown of the card, give our predictions on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but We'll let Wade talk about Sasha Banks for about an hour. Wait, yes. who, who <laughs> is the Intercontinental champion at this time? AJ Styles. That's right, Styles. Wow, how can mm-hmm. I forget that? The phenomenal one. Woo! That's right. I, I'm wondering who he's going to face. At some I have point. an idea. I have an idea of yeah. who it is. Well, yeah. Do you want to save it for next week, or do you want to hit us with a teaser well, right now? Hit us with a teaser. Hit us with a teaser. I mean, it might change tonight on, on SmackDown, but hell, what the hell? Let's put it um, out there. I feel it's going to be someone who's coming back and reestablishing themselves on SmackDown. They've gotten hot as of late. They just had an amazing bar fight match about two weeks ago. Ooh. So why not give it? Because, you know, Big E was obvious choice. We could vote Big E. Right. That's easy. <gasps> but we said Big E should be going for... Title champion. For the, yeah. For the major title. He should be going right, for the right. universal. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy. That, that that that's a hot take and that's a good take too. I like that. Have they? I, like and I don't think they've ever touched. They've only touched. No, they, they've only touched an impact. They've Styles never touched in WWE and, and a lot in impact. Mm-hmm. A lot yes. in impact. So some, some, some Dave Meltzer five stars. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's good. That's a good take. I like that. <clears throat> that is like a good take. I'm a big fan. That. I'd like to see Jeff Hardy in a substantial match like that for a title potentially at SummerSlam. Sidebar, real fast, real quick. One word answer, good or bad, the bar match. Good. 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 Okay, great. Yeah. I think they're knocking it out of the park with that cinematic stuff. Even the short ones, even the weekly ones, even the ones that are just a capper to a storyline. They're killing it. My only gripe, don't tease me with Brother Nero and give me no payoff, though. Mm. Right? When when the Brother Nero paint, that that was cool. I was like, oh, but What's wasn't Brother happen? Nero Im- impacts intellectual property? Wasn't that the same as, as broken as opposed to woken? But didn't, Hardy? didn't the Hardys win that 
that uh, battle? I don't know. I no. don't know. I'm not hmm. sure. Interesting. Something we should look into then for next week. Yeah. But uh, let's uh, stick real quick on some other WWE news. Mm-hmm, WWE mm-hmm. Network uh, is gaining some more content, a lot of content coming to the network. Uh, so it was announced via Sports Illustrated that WWE officials have confirmed that shows from Evolve, WXW, which is a, a German promotion, Progress, and ICW, Insane Championship Wrestling, will begin airing on the WWE Network beginning this Saturday, so tomorrow. And here's what will be uploaded to the WWE Network on Saturday. The best of Drew McIntyre in Evolve. The best of Keith Lee in Evolve. ICW's Shug's House Party 5 Night 2. WXW Femme Fatales from 2019. WXW Ambition 11 and Progress Wrestling Chapter 92. The McIntyre compilation will include matches against Ricochet, Johnny Gargano, Roderick Strong, Tommy End, now known as Aleister Black, and Matt Riddle, while the Keith Lee compilation will include matches against Timothy Thatcher, Walter, Matt Riddle, and Dominic, uh, Donovan Dijak, now known as Dominic Dijakovic. Um, that's all that I have so far for the content for Revolve. Nothing else uh, laid out for the other, for ICW, WXW, and Progress. But it already sounds awesome, and I'm glad I pay $9.99 for the network. And that's another good thing. Maddie and I talked about this yesterday. Sure did. No extra charge for this extra content if you're already a subscriber. This is a brilliant idea because they just released the network light, the free version where you can get some killer content. I was actually kind of pissed a little bit. I didn't, I haven't looked into it too much. What's going to be included and what's not, but for them to release WWE network light and then add a ton of killer content. uh, It hasn't even been five weeks yet, right? I think it's only been a month since they, they, Introduced so, yeah. WWE Network Lite. Mm-hmm. Um, WWE, I, 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 I have a lot of, of praise to sing for WWE this week, and this is definitely one of them. If you're going to offer a free version to people who haven't been there, I subscribed to the network day one. I was in Florida at my grandmother's funeral, and I made sure that the minute it went online, I got it because I wasn't going to be left out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them to offer a light version, I was like, oh, what the hell is this? And then for them to up their um, content so significantly, big W for them. Yeah. Evolve, it's showing that Evolve and all these companies are now defunct at some point mm-hmm. with some of the amazing talent we have now. Drew McIntyre reestablished himself in Evolve. Yep. Um, Johnny Gargano, the face of Evolve. You have so much content now. I'm just excited for the Evolve stuff. Progress, we're going to get a lot of NXT UK guys that we love. Mm-hmm. But, but man, the Evolve library is so immense. There's a few that people care that should be checked out, and I hope they eventually get to it. Shane Strickland, we know him as Isaiah Swerve Scott now, mm-hmm. and Matt Riddle. Their match, yeah. some of the most amazing stuff I've ever seen. Their feud was just perfect. We're going to get to see a lot of the superstars that we see on WWE and NXT TV now at at their best. Because we all know as wrestling fans, what they did on the indies, they really always can't do in WWE Mm -hmm. 
uh, with the WWE umbrella over them. So we're going to see like, watch. Well, I can't wait to watch the matches between Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Those matches alone are just friggin' phenomenal. That was my first time ever hearing about those two talents was Lee versus Riddle. Uh, I think it was on Evolve well, uh, on YouTube. I caught that, that match. Some amazing, amazing matches. But I have some breaking news. This just in. Uh, so going back to what I was saying about SummerSlam going to the Amway Center. Mm-hmm. As part of WWE's new long-term residency, long-term residency at the Amway Center, a new interactive experience will be introduced with over 2,500 square feet of LED boards where fans will appear live on the show, hosted by superstars and legends. Applications to appear on screen will open next week. So they're we going were- to... So maybe you won't physically be there to watch it, but you'll be on the screens. You could probably probably Zoom or some kind of yep. video app like that. Someone else just did that recently. We, we, we were we were talking about, about we were talking about this in the garage this very yeah. week. Um, I'm not a big basketball fan, but uh, you know, curiosity. What the hell else am I doing? Uh, the NBA is killing it, man. They're piping in crowd noise in a non cheesy way. But they've also got these giant video walls where it looks to me, I'm, I'm going to get lit up on this by my one fan. Um, I'm probably wrong, but it looked like Zoom call-ins mm-hmm. or Skype or something where there are actual fans watching the game and reacting. I right. thought that was the coolest thing. I flipped through um, baseball and they had like cardboard cutouts in the stands. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's funny. That's gitchy. You know, uh, I'm sure an empty stadium has got to be a distracting thing. Maybe having something that they can block out is fine. But for WWE, who, in my opinion, uh, is losing the pandemic battle as far as empty arena wrestling because of what we talked about, Daily's Place is an open air. And, and you and I discussed this on, on uh, Tuesday, whenever we met up. Um, yeah. I feel like the AEW crowd were football operations people who had passed the COVID protocol to work in the Jacksonville stadium and were invited if they wanted to stay late. I feel because football operations are happening again. Hard knocks is back. Training camps are physically open. I I'm, I'm, I don't know this for sure. I haven't looked it up. It's something I could, but my gut's telling me that these are select people who were asked or, or invited to stay after doing the football job because Daly's place and the stadium are connected by a tunnel. We saw during the uh, stadium stampede match that if you go basically out the back of Daly's place, that's the tunnel for the NFL stadium for, for considering that they had their wrestlers first and they, there was a lot of trial and error. Remember the AEW had wrestlers sitting in like a trailer out back one week and then they had them spaced out and then they've had them ringside and they've done a lot of things uh, considering, in my opinion, WWE has been so second place with um, empty arena matches. Mm-hmm. This is a definite step up, a big W, and a way to be a part of it. I, 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 I knock WWE almost every week. I'm, I'm actually not going to knock it this week, but I'll be damned if you don't think I'm going to find out when those applications go on and I'm going to be there. I don't care if it's 3 in the morning. I'll wake up at 2.55 and put my application in at 3 o'clock in one second. Right. It's a good way to become interactive again. And you know what? Here's another thing. If it's a situation where it's not just an application, but a sales thing, even if it's only five bucks just to weed out the, the auto bot, uh, uh, you know, like automatic callers, basically, 
I'll mm-hmm. put up five bucks to maybe see my face on a video screen at Raw. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed. I would do it. De- definitely, definitely a big win. But now if they're going to have 2,500 LED boards, that's just more boards for retribution to vandalize and destroy at live events. Like my segue there. You've been podcasting for a while, <laughs> my friend. That was <laughs> slick, bro. That was That was slippery. But to I take a phrase, now we podding. Now you're podding. That's the <laughs> pod mentality. Podding. Now you so podding. <laughs> I want to end off this episode with a quick talk about retribution. And mm-hmm. I, I, I need to put someone on blast here. Uh, Is I, it me? I, I follow this Instagram handle, at Authors of Wrestling. By all means, go ahead and follow them. Um, I like them because if there's a week where I just know that I'm not going to be able to watch any wrestling, whether it's live or even on my DVR, this guy, or I think it's just one guy, he literally watches everything and reports on every single match that's happening on his Instagram. So I can get all my updates through him live if, if I'm not physically watching it. But if you want to talk about the most negative wrestling <laughs> fan out there, like it's this fucking guy. Like I don't always read his comments, but now I do for the pure humor of it all. So Let's open this up first to you guys. What do you guys think about Retribution? Wade and I spoke about it. Maddie G, what is your take on Retribution right now? I am loving it. I'm loving it. I am loving the fact that WW... Okay, this is a rehash. Retribution is just Nexus in hoods. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But I love the fact that they're doing something different. I put them on blast every week for... I say it all the time. Rinse, repeat. They're very formulaic. I'm not a fan of what I've been seeing. I've been complaining, and so have a lot of other people, to the point where I got into an internet feud because I actually turned off the television. Wade and I discussed this offline in depth. Uh, that was probably the longest Twitter or uh, uh, text conversation we've ever had, and, and actually Wade won me back with, with the possibility of payoffs. Mm-hmm. I like that they're doing something different. Whether I like the content or not, I love the fact that they're just doing something different. A weirdo team who seems kind of gothic and dark and tough, but then stand around and clap and cheer like little kids at a birthday party. It's awkward. I don't necessarily know if I love the content. I love the idea of it, though. And I can't wait for the reveals. I can't wait for the the who's next. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they indifferent? Are you know? Are are they? relegated to one show are they going to be three shows as of right now we've had technical difficulties on one and the other we had the run-in at the end of smackdown where where they just tore the house up what was that like a 20 minute spot yeah uh i don't know enough about the situation yet to really decide but man do i love that they're doing something different i i agree i think it hit a climax at the end of smackdown when they vandalized everything and took out some of the, the developmental talent around the ring around, yeah, knocked out the cameramen, made them right. run away. Now, by the, by the way, who, who has ever seen Michael Cole move that fast? Right. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, Oh my God, they're here. They're here. They're here. Gone. He ran through that yeah. last segment. I feel like at that climax, they made their statement. I did not have to see them throw cinder blocks through, through glass on Monday. I think yeah, the door spot was a little know, silly. I feel like I, you made your statement. I would have loved to have seen them again on Raw 
but not in the arena, not causing any, any kind of ruckus or turning the lights off or the microphones. Just have the cameras pan out in the, uh, in the parking lot, and it's just five people in hoods sitting in a black pickup truck and just waiting, in the, like, like they're waiting for something. Like, what are they waiting for? And that's it. Give me one scene. Don't give me so much up front. Like, I, I'm being a little critical, I know, because, like, the sto- this can go somewhere big. Because everyone knows Nexus started off hot, and then they, they really dropped the ball with the whole Nexus angle. I feel like this one, too, don't give us too much too soon. Let us want to come back and, and see what's happening next. Mm-hmm. Make us want more. Wet the appetite. Don't feed us. Yes, yes. They're feeding it too much now. Like having seeing them on Monday and Friday last week and wreaking havoc was great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I don't need to see them smash things again now this week. Like I don't want to see them on SmackDown tonight. Obviously, they're going to hear this after SmackDown probably, but I, I don't want to see them on SmackDown tonight. If there's on SmackDown, show me them outside of the arena in the parking lot. You know, this could be some good long-term storytelling. I want to, the reveal is what it's going to come down to. Is it going to be underwhelming? Is it going to be worth it? Can these five people not actually be retribution? Could these five people just be puppets for who retribution actually is? You know, who knows? Because mm-hmm. Wade and I spoke about it. It's pretty cool how there's two females and three males in this in this group right now. What if they aren't actually retribution? You know, who knows? I want to see what the payoff's going to be. But don't give us too much too soon. Like you said, wet the palate. Don't feed us the main course right now. Hmm. Wait, now what, what are your takes on this, brother? You know, you know how I feel about it. You want to get my attention? Vandalism. You're doing petty crime <laughs> to get my attention. Smash it. Ooh, yeah. Oh, you know what? We're, I, I, I did it in the pre- when, when we were having our pre-show meeting. I threw paper down. I was like, who am I? Yeah. You were like, right. a litter. Retribution. retribution. Yep. <laughs> and like you said, you know what? <laughs> Flip, they, they, they do great stuff. Like mm-hmm. the, the whole tearing up the ring, which we talked about, was mm-hmm. great. I'm a smashing a cinder block through a window and then cheer like a bunch of five-year-olds that you accomplished something is cool. Let's not forget they flipped the car. Right, you right. really want to start doing stuff? And you know what's funny? The only show, and I think this is tying into NXT again, NXT doesn't get touched. Nothing happens to NXT. NXT is completely left alone. They don't have Maybe any not. type of setbacks. Nothing happens. <laughs> I, feel, I feel this is an NXT type group and we're good we don't even know which nxt members we're getting in this group mm-hmm. but when we see them it's going to be great the payoff is the ultimate unmasking and who's to say if it's i say we get a little bit of a touch of them going after actual stars at SummerSlam. Th- thank you that's what i was gonna say because like nexus made a statement not by vandalizing the arena no, but by no, attacking but Cena on his John ass. Cena, yeah. And choking so, Justin Roberts with a tie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's sure. how you get and yourself then, fired, Brian yeah. Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I think we're going to see another climax at SummerSlam, but just don't give me too much too soon. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see them tonight, next Monday, and next Friday again leading up to SummerSlam. Maybe we don't see them at all next week until SummerSlam. Make us wonder what's going to happen. But, that's called good booking. That's called good creative. WWE doesn't always have that. <laughs> let's let's give him a chance, brother. Let's yeah. 
let's, let's give see. them a chance. That they're on the right path with doing something new on mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown. Hopefully, they don't drop the ball on this, and I hope the payoff is worth it. Mm-hmm. So, the I juice mean, is so, worth the squeeze, baby. Right. Like Wade and I talked about it last week. You know, uh, again, I don't know if it's going this way anymore, but I really thought, what if Retribution actually is the undisputed era? with Marina Shafir, who is Roddy Strong's real-life wife. You know, mm-hmm. long-term storytelling. Mm-hmm. When Adam Cole and Undisputed Era made their official debut, when did they do it? At a takeover attacking Drew McIntyre in an NXT title match. They never paid off that storyline between Adam Cole and Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is facing Randy Orton. W- win, lose, or draw, you could still make an impact by attacking Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam. Yeah. So th- there's ways around it. There's booking that could happen with long-term storytelling. Who knows what's going to happen? I, again, the payoff has to be worth it. So it's time to just sit back and enjoy the hottest party of the summer and wait and see what happens. I'll, I'll so, be in an outdoor wedding. It's going to be really freaking hot. Oh, God. You got a wedding that day? That, that's rough. <sighs> that's rough. Hey, man, I, I, I'm not, I shouldn't be complaining because I'm going to be getting back to it at the end of August. September and October are booked as hell for me. And doing these outdoor weddings, man. And I haven't even played. I just bathed the last two. And I was all, and I, wearing a mask and being dressed up outside is Brutal. Rough. Brutal. Oh, my God. Like, Brutal. Any, anybody that's listening that doesn't follow me on Instagram, I'm a big dude. So wearing a heavy suit and a mask in the August heat and humidity. Yeah, it's rough. And when you have a beard like, like I do, my beard is literally just dripping sweat and being <laughs> bald. My sweat has nowhere to go except straight, just pouring down my face. That's why. That's why I wear fedoras and Kangol hats. But uh, that's another topic for another day, man. But that's <laughs> I, we'll, we'll just wrap it up on yeah. Kangol hat yeah, for right, Sam right. Jackson. We're new normal <laughs> wrestling. You know it, dude. That, that that that's the life of being a wedding musician or a wedding performer. But anyway, guys, big show we had today. We literally went through all the promotions: Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, WWE, NXT and new japan that's what we do here at new normal wrestling so fam if you've enjoyed the 18th episode of nnw thank you for tuning in make sure you show your support by checking out the fourth wall pop network on social media on twitter at fourth wall pop and on instagram at fourth wall pop network be on the lookout for new normal wrestling social media coming very very soon for you to follow us and hit up myself dj maddie or good brother wade personally about the show itself but in the meantime, I'm JC Bones. He's DJ Maddie G. He's Good Brother Wade. We are NNW. And until then, goodbye. Mwah. Good night. Bang. Bang. Bang.